Welcome to the Canicuck Institute podcast, where we continue to equip leaders with biblical skills for a lifetime of ministry. And welcome back into the Canicuck Institute podcast. Keith Chancy and Chad Hampshire with you. Excited. We're doing a series, Keith, on um, some of the stories from the Old Testament. And uh, we, we've been talking the last several times about, you know, the importance for people understanding the Old and New Testament uh, being complementary, that they mm-hmm. connect. And so we've looked at um, the story of Adam and Eve and, and the beginning of the fall and, um, and God's plan for salvation that was found in that story uh, in multiple ways. And, um, you know, Hebrews 10 talks about the fact that um, the things in the past were a shadow of the good gifts that would come. And so these Old Testament stories are intended to, to teach us about God's character, to teach us um, about God's plan for his chosen people, but also planting seeds about something that would happen in the future. And so, Keith, we're going we're gonna to look at the story of Abraham and Isaac. Why, why is that story so important before we kind of unpack oh my what, what's going on? Well, you know, it, it, uh, Abraham is one of the faithful men of the Bible. And when you look at him, you go, he, there is no greater man that we could put that we could look at that had a greater influence on our Old Testament. Yeah. And so because God spoke to him in a very large way, saying your descendants are going to be like the sands of the seashore. I'm going to give you a land, a seed, and a blessing. I'm going to give you what's called the Abrahamic covenant. And, and with that, there's going to be a land. There's going to be a seed. There's going to be a blessing. And this seed is going to be the Son of Man. And you're going, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. Your descendants like the sand of the seashore? And they're going to have a problem there, Chad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the problem is that he and his wife can't get pregnant. Yeah, yeah. And so they're going, wait, 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 wait. And, and, and to them, I'm sure this is the most confusing thing in the world. Yeah. And I think, you know, just stopping right there and just kind of unpacking that just a little bit, I think we can all relate to that. Yeah. You know, we believe that God made us a promise that, oh, if you get, you, you know, if you get married, you're going to have kids and God's going to give you certain things. And then you go, wait a minute. It didn't work out the way I wanted it mm-hmm. to. Maybe some of you, you're not even married and you want to be married. Maybe some of you are married, you want to have a marriage. Yeah. You know, maybe some of you are married and you want kids and you can't have kids. Maybe some of you are married and you have kids and you don't wish you had those kids. You know, I mean, there's so many ways that go on here that you, what you're going to see is the unfolding of a great story of God revealing to Abraham through even his ignorance at times that I am God mm. and you got to trust me. Mm. Yeah, we we even see that in the names that Abraham yeah. uses to describe God. You you mentioned the seed part. Mm. You know, I I think about um the land part right. where where he basically is asked to, to give up his inheritance yes. to go to a land he's never seen. Right. By the way, we don't have an inheritance right. there for you. There's people in the land that I'm going to give you. Yep. I, I can't imagine, and all of us have been called, for instance, you and I have been called to Branson, right? right? I don't necessarily think you call that the promised land, right? <laughs> I um, don't know. There are a lot of good shows. <laughs> but, but just how often we're called to go somewhere uncomfortable, yeah, yeah. and certainly Abraham understands right. how difficult that call is. And Chad, even thinking about that, you know, what you said, a calling. You know, a lot of y'all out there, you're going, is God calling me to another job? Is God calling me to go get involved in a ministry? Is God calling me? And there's so many ways that we can hear that calling. And God spoke directly to Abraham. Mm. And the great thing about that is, you know, how does God speak directly to us today? Is through our prayer life and through the Spirit moving in us. And and are we listening? And when it lines up to what, you know, am I saved? Am I in God's will? Am I 
uh, in the Word of God? Am I in prayer? And am I seeking counsel of those? You can make any decision, and it is the will of God as long as you put it before the Lord and, and said, God, I want to do what you want me to do. That's a calling. And now I can respond to God's calling, and no matter where I go, no matter what I do, if it's in that order of what I've just said, then I can say, I can do this even if it gets tough, because I'm going to tell you right now, coming to Branson was it easy starting the Institute. Yeah. No ministry, no job that anybody ever starts is going to be easy. But you've got to have the mentality, no quit. And I'm going to, because this is the will of God, no quit. Yeah. And there are no such things as perfect bosses. Yeah. You know, but you go, you know what? Perfect bosses. I'm not a perfect boss. Nobody's a perfect boss. Everybody has flaws, but that we're not there to uh, criticize the people around me. I'm there to make it better. Yeah. Yeah. And if you understand your reason for being there, that it's a ministry, I'm going to make it better. No matter where you go, what you do to start, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So we're going to look at this story of Abraham and Isaac. Mm. Just recap real quick. God took a man named Abram and gave him a promise, as yep. you mentioned, called the Abrahamic Covenant. Yep. And he gave him three layers, yep. a land, a seed, and a blessing. Yep. So we, we we touched on all those a little bit. The The seed is the complicated one, yeah. right? He yeah. and his wife can't have a child. right? <laughs> and so when they do have a child, eventually that child is going to be very precious oh. to them. Uh, which really sets up what's happening in Genesis yeah. 22. Keith, kind of help us understand, just in the narrative of Genesis 22, what what happens? What did God ask Abraham to do with this child that he had promised and was was really born through um, through the woman that had a dead womb? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Chad, that I can understand this. I'll talk a little bit more about this in a minute, and you can too. You know, it says in chapter 22, verse 1, it says, Now it came about... After these things, that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am, Lord. Take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac. Go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will tell you. Lots oh. of, <laughs> lots of, we could be done right there, probably. Uh, I, just, I just go, are you kidding me? You see, what people don't understand, and I didn't even understand, Abraham and Sarah can't get pregnant. So they try to do it their own way. Yeah. So Sarah says, Abraham, I can't get pregnant. My womb is closed. Why don't you go to my maidservant, Hagar, and y'all have a child, yeah. and this will be honoring to God, and we'll do what God told us to do, and, and, this, and the, our descendants will be like the sands of the seashore. Yeah. Well, there's a problem. Yeah. My will versus God's will. Yeah. Had God told them that he would do this? Yes. Did they do it wrong? Yes. And what were the results? We have the Muslim nations and the Christian nations today as a result of this union. Unfortunately, you know, Abraham and Sarah do make a decision, a choice. Once again, that choice all the way back to the garden. When you choose wrongly, there are consequences to your choice. There's a right will and a wrong. And so when Abraham and Sarah do it wrong, they had this child. That's a wild donkey of a man, it said. And it's not that good. And and Hagar and Sarah do not get along. They have to split it, split up each of the, with each other. Abraham has to mediate. It is a horrible situation. And now here you are in twenty two, chapter twenty two, and and here it is. God tests Abraham. You did it wrong a while ago. Are you going to do it right this time? Yeah. Let me show you. Here's what I want you to do. I've given you a son. Now 
take him to a mountain, and I want you to offer him there. Yeah. What? <laughs> you just, you can't make that up. Yeah. You're going to have descendants like the sands of the seashore. You did it wrong. Now I've given you a son, and now I'm telling you to sacrifice your yeah. son. Chad, talk to me. You and your wife went through some difficult times. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine for Abraham and Sarah who were given this promise yes. and her womb is dead. Yes. Like he's past age. Like yes. it's impossible, yeah. which sounds like another impossible. A birth. 90, 100 year old man doing it. And you're going, yeah. oh my goodness, is unbelievable. Yeah. And and so they have this child and this child is so precious. Yes. And um, for those of y'all in the audience that have, have struggled with, yes. with losing a child or having a miscarriage or just the difficulty mm -hmm. of getting pregnant, um, I think you look at this passage yeah. differently because yeah. there's pain and there's yeah. there's hardship that people go yeah. through. And um, the other thing that's really fascinating here for me, Keith, is that he goes out of his way to take your only son. Oh. And and Abraham has two sons, yeah. <laughs> but here it uses the word only son. In fact, in some translations, it's the only begotten son, yes. which ties yes. back to John three sixteen once again. So there's a lot going on here, not just in this lower story, but in the yeah. upper story. Yeah. Um, the shadowing. Yeah. And Keith, I'd love to hear you talk about Moriah because oh, yeah. that, that mountain has significance in Israel that maybe a lot of people don't know. Where is this when we think about Israel? Well, this is right in Jerusalem. And so you look at this, and this is the mountain that um, God right here with Abraham, he has him take his son and put him on an altar in Moriah. And this land is now taken over by the Muslims today. And it is the biggest conflict probably in the world yeah. of Israel, the Jews wanting that, and the Muslims now have it. And so they're fighting over this land. And there's a wall there called the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem that the Jews cry over every day that they believe that's their land. I mean, it's it's just crazy that this, this Moriah is so important to the nation of Israel, God's chosen people, because it's the land that God promised. Yeah. And so there is a complication there. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to dig in a little bit further, I think it's Numbers 3 yeah. that talks about how God planned for um, to take Mount Moriah, and that's where they built the Temple yes. Mount, which is what you're referring Absolutely. to. Absolutely. Uh, so if you want to dig more, you're welcome to go there. Yep, so yep, let's yep. keep going in the narrative. Yeah, let's keep going because this story now, God says, take your only son, take him up on the mountain, uh, sacrifice him, and that's what's going to happen. And so what's amazing is you see that in the very, very next verse that it says, verse 3, so Abraham rose early in the morning. You see obedience here. Mm -hmm. And I tell you what, once you've done it wrong and you own your mistake, this is what you do when God speaks, you do it right. He rises up early, he takes his son, he saddles a donkey, and he goes with Isaac to the mountain. And he's ready to, he takes split wood for the burnt offering, and he goes to the place which God had told him, and he begins his journey. Yeah. And this boy, you got to understand, this is not a two year old. Yeah, th this is my son. Yeah, he's a 13 year old. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a 13 year old man. And we don't know, you know, I remember with Cameron, my son, you know, when he got about 13, all he wanted to do was wrestle his yeah, dad, yeah, you yeah. know, and I, and I wasn't so sure he couldn't take me. Yeah. And, and it's not like Abraham is, is shallow in years here. No, <laughs> no he's a hundred plus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're going, here's this man with this, you know, tough 
13-year-old kid and, hey, Dad, where are we going? Yeah. Oh, we're going to the mountain. Yeah. Uh, what are we going to do? Sacrifice. Hey, Dad, I'm kind of looking around. There's no uh, sacrifice here. Yeah. yeah. God will provide. Yeah. Uh, Dad, uh, I'm kind of wondering. What, what's going on? <laughs> and, and I think what's fascinating here too, Keith, is in verse 5, when he's talking to the the sl- the slave, and he says, "I and the boy are going to go up on the hill and worship." Oh. you know, the first time we hear that word in the Bible. Yeah, and um, what I, what I love about that is we have this conception of worship as being something very specific. Yeah. Maybe it's it's singing in church or you know praying with people, which which all those things all can those be are. worship. But here, Abraham is simply obeying God, yes. and it's worship, calling it worship. So I think it's just a great reminder for all of us. Like it was, we obey God's word. Yeah. We are worshiping uh, with our lives. And no matter what we go through and we're asked to do, it's worship. Yeah. You know, Chad, that I've told you guys this story before, but I want to remind you, you know, when Karen and I got pregnant and in the seventh month of her pregnancy, she goes into premature labor. And the doctor says to me, Keith, your son, we're going to have to do a C-section on your wife. We can't stop this baby from coming. He's going to come. And if he weighs under a certain amount, all I'm going to be able to do is take him out of your wife's belly, put him on a scale. And if he weighs under a certain amount, I'm just going to wipe him off, hand him to you, and he's going to die in your arms. Are you able to handle this? Chad? Yeah. The I, answer I, is no. Yeah, there's, no, there's, there's I can't no handle it. Yeah. But that's what God is calling worship. Hmm. And you go, wait a minute. He wants us to give up the very thing we're holding on to. The very thing that we're holding on to. And as I just think about that, I go, God, thank you that you taught me that. But I didn't like it. No. And you don't want to go back. And I don't want to go through it again. But the the amount of times I've had to go through that since, with family members dying, I buried my dad, married my mom. And you just bury people, friends. Yeah. And you see people that you love. And you see them die and you go, wait a minute, God was preparing me that if this earth is as good as it gets, I am giving the wrong picture to people. Yeah, It's an eternal view. And that's what Abraham is doing. Hey, take your only son, your only begotten son, sacrifice him and God will provide. Oh, and that that's the part that's so oh, staggering. And he calls it worship. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk. Does God yeah. show up? Man. <laughs> Abraham says God's going to provide. What happens? Well, so as we look at the rest of the narrative, what happens? The greatest thing that could have happened. They're up there. Abraham binds his son, puts him on the altar, takes the knife, starts to come down on his son. All of a sudden, angel Lord, stop. Look behind you. There's a, there's a ram caught in the thicket. Take away the knife. And don't you know what Isaac said? Woo! Yeah, <laughs> pulling the ropes off, yanking, yeah. and, and Daddy's cutting him off as fast as possible yeah. with those ropes. Yeah, and they rejoice and they hug and they ball together because you see what God did is He provided the lamb. Yeah, and God provides the lamb. Is it a surprise? It's no it's surprise, lamb? and that's the shadow. Yeah, I I love that the question that Isaac's asks right before yeah. all the and, yeah. he, and it says, "My father," and he said, "Here I'm, I am, my son." And he said, "Behold the fire and the wood, but where is, is the lamb?" <sighs> and if there's four words that would describe the Old Testament, it's those four yes, words: where, "Where is, is the, the lamb? lamb?" And so that's what this series yeah. is about. We can't wait to come back next time that's right. and to continue to recap on where's these the one, lamb? yeah, where where's the <laughs> lamb? And these wonderful stories.
that and, and I just maybe close with this. I think these stories are so close to us yeah. sometimes that we don't actually know them. Mm-hmm. Like we've heard them so much mm-hmm. that we haven't gone back yeah. and read them. Yeah. And so we'd encourage you, go back and reread yeah, back. these stories. Go read Genesis 22. Go yes, read sir. Hebrews 11 talking about yes. Abraham and Isaac. And look a little deeper for that Abrahamic covenant. Look a little bit more what's going on here. Is it just about these stories or is a deeper, like you said, upper level, lower level? Yeah. Because we've just went lower level, very, very blessed. I, I'm more blessed today knowing that there is a lamb that was slain here that was prophesying of what was foreshadowing what will happen in the New Testament. And I can see over 4,000 years ago that this happened saying, hey guys, look what's coming. Yeah, the lamb is coming. The lamb is coming. And he says that in Hebrews chapter 11. Yeah, that's good. Well, we'll be excited to keep this series going. Um, We're going to come back next time and continue to cover some of these Old Testament stories. If there are stories that, um, that you would like to hear from the Old Testament that point to Christ, We want you to reach out to Keith and I. Shoot us a text. Let us know what story you want us to cover. We're excited to spend time with you once again on the Canna Cook Institute podcast. Have a great day. A bless.